Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to an episode of Let's Ride, your Friday edition of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hartman, coming at you Friday morning. That's right, TGIF, thank the good Lord. It is Friday. I'm sure you all share that sentiment with me. And we have a great show ahead of you today. We are going to be talking about matchups. I'm going to give you five matchups the Pittsburgh Steelers have to win if they want to win in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium on Sunday, one o'clock kickoff. And of course, we know in the second half, it's Friday. That means you get my picks. And oh my goodness. That's right. Last week I went, you smell that? Yeah. I was getting close to 500 and I've inched even closer. I'm getting there. I'm slowly starting to figure this thing out. I'm going to blame COVID-19 because people blame everything on COVID-19 that that's why I had a slow start, but I'm picking things up. I was the only one that got the, I think it was the Monday night game correct against the Rams and the bears. I am starting to get a feel for this thing, people. So pay attention to the second segment, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please, 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 please follow us. Like us, whatever you have to do, wherever you're, you know, Pandora, Spotify. I'm a Spotify guy. If you've listened, you know this. Love Spotify. Follow if you're on Spotify, iTunes, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, Stitcher, you name it. Wherever you find your podcast, make sure you follow so that you don't just get my Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, but the Tuesday is Live Mike, Thursdays is Steelers Stat Geek, all of our PM shows, the injury reports, the Mike Tomlin recaps, the post game, everything is there. Don't miss out on a thing. All right, it's Ravens, it's Steelers, it's big boy football in the AFC North, and this game doesn't get much bigger. Because if you think about it, the Steelers win, they have a stranglehold in the early portions of the season on the division. They'd have a two-game lead with a game in hand over the Ravens. They would put the Ravens at 5-2. and two. The Steelers would be catapulted to 7-0. and oh. But if they lose, well, that's a different story altogether. Then the Ravens and the Steelers would be tied at six and one, but the Ravens would be in first place because of the head to head matchup. And then you're, you're forced to look at not only the second matchup on Thanksgiving night at Heinz field as a huge and critical matchup, but you're also looking at things like what's the other schedules look like. Okay. This, the, the Ravens, like who are they playing this week? Is there any way that the Steelers have a better matchup? Could they jump ahead? You're basically scoreboard watching for the foreseeable future. The Steelers can make a huge dent in the Ravens AFC North hopes by winning in week eight. And I know it's just a week eight game. And I know that that in the grand scheme of things is not the be all end all, but in reality, in reality, the Pittsburgh Steelers, boy, could they turn some heads and and it's a third week in a row. Mike Tomlin talked about this on Tuesday. This is their third primetime matchup. That's not at night in a row. If you think back to week six, 
Cleveland Browns at Heinz Field, week seven, undefeated versus undefeated in Nashville. And then in week, I'm sorry, week, yes, week six, week seven, and week eight. I'm losing my mind. It's Friday. Here we go. Let's talk about these matchups. The matchups that the Steelers have to win if they're going to leave M&T Bank Stadium with a victory. It's a tough place to play. It is a tough place to play. They lost their last year. That was week 17. The Ravens didn't even play Lamar Jackson. They played RG3. Mark Andrews got the day off. I think Marshall Yonda, now retired, he got the day off. This is a different story altogether. This Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff, my number one matchup that the Steelers have to win is the Steelers' rushing offense versus the Ravens' defense and their defensive front mainly okay now the ravens defensive line their defense in general is allowing 109 yards per game on average that's 11th in the national football league the pittsburgh steelers shockingly are averaging 129.7 yards on the ground per game it's 11th they're both 11th ranked the steelers to me have to win this matchup because they need to stay balanced They need to stay balanced. They need to at least establish some semblance of a running game. Some semblance of a running game. Now, I was talking with Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey Benedict does our Wednesday show, Know Your Enemy, with Michael Beck. And that's where they invite someone who's a fan or a writer of the Steelers' opponent that week onto their show. And they break down that that game in every every way they could. It's a great show. I highly recommend it for people that are trying to get prepared for the upcoming game. And so I asked Jeffrey, I was like, you know, I'm thinking about matchups. What what do you think? And we were tossing ideas around. He said, you want a weird stat for the run game? Listen to this. I'm not taking credit. This is all Jeffrey Benedict. He said, James Conner has 28 rushes for 133 yards, which is a 4.75 yards per carry when they play in Baltimore. At MT Bank. He's averaging 4.75 yards per carry in Baltimore. Contrast that to 25 for 80 yards, a 3.2 yards per carry at Heinz Field versus the Ravens. So he is averaging almost two, almost, a, well, he's well over a yard, a yard and a half more per carry in Baltimore compared to at home. Then if you look at he has 25 yards receiving at home compared to 56 at Baltimore. So those numbers, if you believe in like that, that type of stuff, those type of numbers, that is a clear statement that James Conner plays better, or maybe the Steelers offensive line, the, the Steelers running game is better on the road and at MT bank stadium for some ungodly known reason. I don't think there's anything special about the building, but maybe it's just uh, a, a onus put on the running game on the road. I'm not sure, but the Steelers need to get that running game going. Okay. Next. Flip the script. The Steelers run defense or their defensive front against the Ravens rushing attack. The Ravens last year, they set ridiculous numbers for their rushing yards per game over 200 this year. Not as not as lethal. 164.3 yards per game. That's first in the National Football League. The Steelers are giving up 68.8 yards per game. That's second in the National Football League. Something's got to give here. And the fact that Mark, uh, I'm sorry, Mark Ingram, as of Wednesday, had had not practiced yet. He was banged up with an ankle injury prior to their bye week. If he does not play, 
that is going to be a huge dent in the Ravens running game. I'm not saying he isn't. And when this comes out on Friday, I'm recording this on Thursday. I haven't seen the Thursday report yet. When this comes out on Friday, we'll see what he's going to be doing on that weekend. Maybe they leave him as questionable. Maybe they rule him out. I'm not sure. But if he can't play, it's not that they aren't going to be able to run the ball because we know Lamar Jackson can run. We know that J.K. Dobbins is good. Um, Gus Edwards can run the ball. But at the same time, that Steelers defense, that defensive front, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, Tyson Alualu, Vince Williams, Robert Spillane now, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, they all put their hands in the pile. That is a good defense. If the Steelers can slow down the Ravens' rushing attack, and they can also rush the ball, which was the first key, the first matchup they need to win, then they are going to be on their way to controlling their own destiny on the road in this huge AFC North game. All right, next matchup. The Steelers pass rush versus the Ravens offensive line. So the Ravens offensive line, they obviously open up holes in the running game. That's obvious. They're the number one rushing offense in the National Football League. The Steelers pass pass rush is a different beast, though. And I'm not so sure it's anything that the, the Ravens have seen yet to date. The Pittsburgh Steelers have 26 sacks on the season through six games. Okay, 26 sacks through six games, first in the National Football League. The Ravens have surrendered 15 sacks so far this year. 15 sacks. So it's a situation where are the Ravens going to be able to protect Lamar Jackson? History shows so far this year that they have not done a very good job of that. They have not done a very good job of protecting Lamar Jackson. So this all ties together here, folks. It all ties together. It's it's almost like the matchups that I'm talking about build on top of one another. It's almost like I'm doing this intentionally. I'm not that smart. So you think about the Steelers rushing the very first matchup. You got to run the football. If the Steelers can run the ball, get a lead, control the time of possession, it's going to change the way that the Ravens play offense. They're not going to be able to lean on the run like they always want to do. The Ravens are almost always playing with a lead. And so because of that, if you get that number one rush defense, rush offense, I'm sorry, out of their comfort zone and make them throw the ball, this offensive line of the Baltimore Ravens has proven that they struggle in protection. They struggle in protection. So the Steelers pass rush, if the offense can do their job, if they can get a lead, if they can run the ball, control the time of possession, And then all of a sudden the Ravens have to press. And when the team has to press and when a team has a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, then that you're sitting there saying, man, this is not what we want to do. That's when your defense is able to just feast. And that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush could do with the 26 sacks. They could add to that total, but the other two keys have to happen. You got to stop the run and you got to be able to run the ball because you have a lead. All right. The next matchup, the Steelers' secondary offensive weapons or their secondary options versus the Ravens' sub-packages. The Ravens have very good corners with Humphrey and Peters. No one is debating that. I would say that they are, if not the best, a top-five cornerback duo in the National Football League. No one's debating that. So let's assume that they're going to say those top two options for the Steelers are going to basically be not not completely eliminated, but they're they're not going to have as many opportunities. We'll put it that way. So you think about Juju Smith-Schuster, who did say on Wednesday he is expecting Marlon Humphrey to follow him. 
And okay, that's fine. That's their top cornerback against who they view as the Steelers' top receiving option. So if Humphrey follows him, then that means that Peters is going to be on Deontay Johnson. Now let me first say that Peters is a very, very aggressive cornerback. Go back and watch the film of the Kansas City Chiefs, who remember, they drafted Peters. Andy Reid knows him well. They went after him. They went after Marcus Peters. Why? They knew how aggressive he was. Those double moves, pump fakes. He's going to take chances. And when he takes chances, you can burn him. So Deontay Johnson, in my opinion, if he's their number two and they say, Peters, hey, you got him. You got 18. You've got the second-year guy coming out of uh, the Mac. You got to lock him down. The Steelers are going to have looks there already. But they could have some big plays there as well. But that's not what this matchup is about. Let's just for the sake of argument or me talking to you via podcast, let's just say that those two are kind of taken out of the game. This is where Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, and James Washington, whoever is in there and gets their number called, has to win their matchup. They have to win their matchup because whether it's rookie Patrick Queen trying to guard Eric Ebron, now, Queen is something I was someone else I was talking with Jeffrey Benedict a lot about. And he said, you know, he's super athletic. He does good in zone coverage. Not really seen a lot of man with him. If they can get someone like Ebron or Claypool on Queen, that is the matchup the Steelers should target. So I'm guarantee you that Randy Feetner, Matt Canada, Ben Roethlisberger, and all the offensive players are looking at film and saying, what do we have to do to get the the mismatch at the slot or to get the 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 one matchup that we want on the outside. So if Humphrey's going to follow Juju Smith-Schuster or wherever he goes, then throw Juju into the slot and then let put Claypool out on the outside and let him run wild because he can and he will. I actually think that this is a big week for Chase Claypool. I think that he's been kind of quiet the last two weeks. Some people, i.e. other defenses, might view his early season success as kind of a flash in the pan, but I think Chase Claypool is going to be due. Just going to say that right here. But they have to win those matchups. Win those matchups, get some big plays. The Ravens are going to be sitting, just like the Cleveland Browns were, sitting on those quick slants, those underneath routes, what the Steelers did to perfection in the first half against Tennessee. They're going to be waiting for those. And so it's going to be up to Pittsburgh to mix things up, to take some shots. And that leads me to the very last matchup that the Steelers have to win if they want to win this game. So if you're going to take those shots, and again, all of these are kind of compounded. If you're going to win and you got to take those shots, you have to win up front. The offensive line has to protect Ben Roethlisberger like they have all season. The Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line has only allowed eight sacks in six games. Eight sacks in six games. That is a great number. The Steelers offensive line and pass protection has been tremendous. I'll go as far as saying they've been tremendous as a whole run as in rushing. They're averaging 129.7 and then also in pass protection but the Ravens pass rush is legit. They have 22 sacks in six games. They're right behind Pittsburgh, obviously only four behind. Uh, you know, they've played a very similar schedule in regards to you're looking at who they're playing and the offensive lines are going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers that they can protect. It's not, it's not going to be easy. You look at Calais Campbell, you look at Matthew Judon, um, Ngakwe that they just picked up in a trade with Minnesota. You've got Queen that I talked about, Patrick Queen. They have players, and you look at someone like Marlon Humphrey, he blitzes from all over the place. 
So the Steelers offensive line, and that includes the tight ends. That includes the running backs. Expect to see a lot of James Conner on third down because he is very good at blitz pickup. The Steelers are going to have to be perfect in that area because if they can diagnose and execute the blitz pickup, they will burn the Ravens. The Ravens will get burned. They were burned by Kansas City. They tried everything. Mahomes picked it up. He knew exactly where to go with the ball, and he lit them up. Same thing can happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. But so those, let's go over it again. Let's recap before we go into our first break. The Steelers rush, running the ball versus the Ravens defense. The Steelers have to be able to show balance. They can't just sit there and throw, 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 throw like they did in Tennessee. It's not going to work. The defensive front, the Steelers rush defense versus the Ravens running game. Get them out of their comfort zone. Force them into obvious passing situations, third and longs, negative plays. That's what the Steelers defense needs to do. Number three, the Ra- the Steelers pass rush getting after Lamar Jackson. If the Steelers can get a lead, if they can run the ball and control the time of possession, get them out of their comfort zone of running the ball, force the ball into Lamar Jackson's hands. They can sack the quarterback. The Ravens have given up 15 sacks already this season. Next matchup, those secondary options, Claypool, Ebron, and Washington versus the Ravens sub packages. I expect the Steelers to actually try and spread out the Ravens defense. I expect them to run a lot of three, four wide receiver options. Now, that does not mean those are all wide receivers. I expect Eric Ebron to be a big factor in this game. I like his mismatch. I like all the secondary options for the Steelers against the Ravens sub packages. And lastly, the Steelers offensive line being able to protect Ben Roethlisberger. They've only given up eight sacks so far this season, and the, the Ravens pass rush has gotten 22 sacks. There you have it. Sounds simple. Stop the run, stay balanced, get a lead, get after Lamar Jackson. Easier said than done. <laughs> Easier said than done. Who's going to win this game? Huh, that's interesting. You're going to have to stay tuned. My picks are coming up next. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back. Jeff Hartman, your host here on Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com audio platform. Appreciate you listening, and it's Friday. That means it's time for my picks. Now, I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, I was talking about how my picks have been better. They have been better. I'm getting better, slowly but surely. Tick, 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 tick. It reminds me of Chris Berman. Tick, 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 tick. So the Thursday night game is over, but before we get into our pick segment, I need to find the tape here. Hold on. Ah, there it is. Okay, got the music tape going. Hold on, and... All right, here we go, Steeler fans. Let's go through some picks. 
Week 8, 1 o'clock Sunday, the Tennessee Titans travel to Cincinnati Bengals. That's AFC North ball. Tennessee Titans are coming off their first loss of the season to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're giving 5.5 points. The over-under is set at 53.5. Joe Burrow and company have been tough. They were only they, they basically only got shut out one time against Baltimore. Other than that, they've been very competitive. I like the Titans, though, to cover in this game. I think the Titans are good. I think they're legit. I think they're going to be hanging around all season. So if they, people think that that one loss is going to do anything, I don't think it is going to happen that or this week. I'll take the Titans, giving five and a half points, and I'll take the over of 53 and a half. In a game that no one's excited to watch, it's 1 o'clock on Sunday, the New York Jets travel to Kansas City. Kansas City is their 19.5-point favorites. I say that again, 19.5-point favorites. I don't know what it is. There's certain times where I just get this gut feeling that a team's going to be able to to, to get it close enough so that they cover. The Jets are getting 19.5. I say take the New York Jets. Getting 19 and a half, I'm going to take the under of 49. I just think that the, the Jets do enough, barely, to stay within 19 and a half. I don't think they have a chance to win the game, but ultimately I think that they get keep it close enough to win with those 19 and a half points. In a game that's obviously suddenly very intriguing, Sunday at 1, the Los Angeles Rams go across the country to play the Tua-led Miami Dolphins. That's right, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're coming off their bye week shockingly to shock to everyone including ryan fitzpatrick that the miami dolphins are going with tua it's Tua time down in miami the rams are giving three and a half i'm not sold on tua being the guy i'm not sold on tua being the guy right now i should say i'd like the rams giving three and a half on the road the over under is set at 46 i will take the over indianapolis colts are coming off a bye week they go to the Detroit Lions. The Indianapolis Colts are giving three points here with an over-under set at 50. I like the Colts. The Detroit Lions are a tough team. They are always going to keep it competitive seemingly, but I like the Colts to do enough to win the game, and I'll take the over at 50 points. Next, New England Patriots travel to Buffalo. A lot of people were excited for this game. This was supposed to be a huge AFC East matchup, and it still is, but the Patriots have been struggling coming off of a really bad loss to the 49ers last week. Cam Newton was benched. He looked like a shell of himself. Some are blaming COVID-19. I blame the fact that he's just not that good anymore. The New England Patriots are getting three and a half. The Bills, the over-under with 42. I will take the Buffalo Bills giving three and a half. I think their offense is going to get it back on track in this game, but I'm going to take the under of 42. I don't think this is a high-scoring game because Bill Belichick knows how to coach up a defense. Problem is, he has no offense, and uh, Julian Edelman, I'm going to send Wes Welker, Julian Edelman's going to be out for this game after having a procedure on his knee. Next, the Las Vegas Raiders go to Cleveland, another AFC North game. Here we go. Cleveland's giving 2.5. The over-under is set at 51.5. I used to really be on the Las Vegas Raiders bandwagon here when it came to my picks. Right after they beat the Chiefs, I thought this team could be tough. John Gruden has a good roster down there, good running back. Carr, nah, okay. I'm not buying them anymore. I think the Browns are hot. I think they're going to stay hot. They lost Odo Beckham Jr. That could actually be something that could get this team together. I think that when you don't have someone like OBJ that's going to demand the football, you just throw it to who is open. I call it the Antonio Brown effect. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns, giving two and a half at home. They'll cover. Over under 51 and a half, take the over. The Minnesota Vikings go to the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are giving six and a half. I thought the spread would be a little bit worse, but it's a division game. I get it. 
I like Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers, they had that one dud in Tampa Bay. I don't think that's going to happen here. They're going to have the Minnesota Vikings full attention, but it won't matter. The Green Bay Packers win. Take the Packers, giving 6.5 over under 51.5. Take the over. Now we're at the 405 games. The Los Angeles Chargers traveled to Denver Broncos, AFC West matchup. The Chargers are giving three. The Denver Broncos are coming off of a bad loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. I actually like the Chargers. They have lost some really tough games, but I like Herbert, the quarterback. I think he has a lot of poise. He's a versatile guy. He can run. He can throw. Big arm. I'm not sold on Drew Locke. The Denver Broncos are they're hot and cold. You know, they beat the Patriots one week and get blown out the next. But I like the Chargers here. Don't ask me why. It's a gut feeling. I'll take the Chargers, giving three. Over-under set at 45. Take the over. 425 start. The New Orleans Saints go to the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears suddenly don't have a quarterback. They benched Trubisky earlier. Nick Foles looked awful on Monday Night Football, and it's not going to get any easier as they go against the Saints. The Saints are on the road. They're giving four. I like the Saints. Their their roster is so much better than Chicago's. I know Chicago's defense is, is better, but it's just not good enough for me to pick them here. I like the Saints. Giving four. Over-under set at 43. Take the over. Another 425 start. San Francisco, Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. An NFC West matchup. That might be the best division in football, by the way, that NFC West. The San Francisco 49ers, they're coming off of a big win. Seattle's coming off of their first loss when they lost to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday Night Football last week. Seattle's getting three here. I like the Seahawks. Russell Wilson and that group, whether it's DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they're like a human highlight reel. And the 49ers, I just don't think are going to keep up with them. I like the Seahawks at home giving three. The over-under set at 53.5. Take the over. On Sunday Night Football, the game that no one is excited to watch, the Dallas Cowboys travel to Philadelphia. What a dud. This game is awful. This is a primetime game. Philly's giving eight. Andy Dalton's probably not going to play. He was in concussion protocol. I don't know which warm body Dallas has picked up. I'm shocked no one has come by the Steelers practice squad and picked up Duck Hodges, but they haven't. And so the Philadelphia Eagles giving eight at home. I will take the Eagles giving eight to cover. Over under 43. Yikes. Take the under because I don't see Dallas scoring many points. Monday Night Football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These primetime games are awful. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New York Giants. Tampa Bay is giving 10.5 on the road. Antonio Brown, he's a member of the Buccaneers. They have a star-studded lineup. They're going to win. I'll take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers giving 10.5 because the New York Giants are just not any good. Over under 46, I will take the over. Now the game that everyone wants to know, the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to the Baltimore Ravens. 1 o'clock kickoff, M&T Bank Stadium. Week eight. That's right. The Steelers are getting three and a half points here, folks. They're getting three and a half points with an over-under set at 46 and a half. 46 and a half. This is a tough game to pick. Last week, I was really confident that the Steelers would be able to score points, and they did. I didn't expect them to put 24 up in the first half, but they did. This is a game I don't think it's going to be as high scoring. This is going to be a defensive grudge match, but I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the team that has a lot to prove here. The Baltimore Ravens have the pressure, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have a lot to prove. Win this game, and all of a sudden, that whole no one's giving us any attention from the national media, that'll be a thing of the past. I like the Steelers. Yes, on the road, at M&T Bank. 
I like the Steelers to win this game, and they're getting points anyways. Take the Steelers to win straight up. Take them on the money line. Take them getting points. I like the Steelers to win this 23-17. to 23-17. to That means that the over-under is at 46.5. Take the under. Take the under. Whew. There you have it, folks. The picks are in. The picks are in. And I, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers game, you think about it. I mean, I could see it being a blowout or not a blowout. I could see it being a high scoring affair. I think it's going to be close. These games are always within a score. Um, I just think that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is a little bit more versatile right now. And even though they're coming off a bye, look, if the Steelers lost this game, would I be shocked? No, I would not be shocked. If the Steelers lost this game, is it the end of the world? No, I don't think it's the end of the world either. But at the same time, I just think there's something special about this Steelers team. Do I think they're going to go 16-0? Probably not, but I don't think they lose this week. I don't think they lose this week. Haven't been wrong about the Steelers yet, so we're going to hang my head on that. Let's finish up the show thanks to Jerry Cherry, the Jerry Cherry Band. You can check him out on Twitter and on YouTube. Just type in Jerry Cherry Band, and you'll find he's the guy that does our music for all of our morning podcasts, except for ugh, Michael Beck's live mic, which is, I don't know what crazy Canuck music he's using, but the Jerry Cherry Band said, hey, you should do heart to heart. I said, all right, I'll do it after the picks every week. Welcome to my heart-to-heart segment to finish out this Friday podcast. Folks, it's hard to believe that the Steelers season has gotten off to such a great start. You know, I mean, 6-0, it's something that I know I've never experienced that in my lifetime, but I always take it with a grain of salt because it's hard to believe that they've already played six games. And if you think about it, they're going into week eight in the National Football League regular season schedule. It's incredible. The season flies by. It really does. And it's easy to get caught up in the madness. It's easy to get caught up in the fact that, you know, whether it's COVID related or whether it's the upcoming election or whether it's just the, like what Mike Tomlin said, he goes, we live in seven day cycles. And he's right. And I was talking with Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis the other day, and we do too with the website. We do this podcast on Monday, this podcast on Tuesday. And next thing you know, these games just kind of just roll by. It's like a Rolodex, just one, two. And before you know it, it'll be gone. It'll be over, regardless of how the Steelers finish. It'll be done. And we're all going to be sitting there at that time. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be sitting there reveling in a seventh Super Bowl victory, and we'll be able to relax and buy some new swag and Tell everyone, all the other fan bases, that they can go, you know, fly a kite. But even when that happens, or if that happens, there's something that's it's just sad that it's almost halfway over already. It's almost halfway over. So my heart-to-heart message today is simple. Just have fun and enjoy the process. If the Steelers win, awesome. Pump your fist, get jacked up, that's great. If they lose... Thankfully, there's another week of football left, but take everything, take it all in because it's going to be gone before you know it. And, and then we're in another long off season where we're waiting all the way until the draft. And then it starts all over again. Life can just spin out of control. And next thing you know, the days just, man, they fly by. Don't be afraid to pump the brakes a little bit, slow things down and say, I'm just going to enjoy this game because why? Like I've always said, Some football is better than no football. So there you have it. 
enjoy the process, folks. Enjoy the process because, believe it or not, it's almost already halfway over. But let's hope that this Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers show up in a big way and finish this game with a W, and they advance to 7-0. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're really thinking about. And make sure you're with Behind the Steel Curtain the entire way, whether that's BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. It should be your one-stop shop. Or whether it's the potty, the podcast. I said the potty. I'm it's like I'm talking to my kids. Holy cow, Jeff. I'm losing my mind. Maybe it's just the podcast platform. Wherever you listen, follow us. You know the drill. In the meantime, folks, I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you're ready to go on Sunday for this game. And I hope you join us for the post-game podcast. Myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis. As always, you know how we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you. Go Steelers. 7-0, baby. I feel it. Let's go.